Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And this episode is different because we are recording during the COVID-19 pandemic while we're physically distancing, which means we're not in the same room. And the audio we're using is Zoom audio, so it's a different quality than you might be used to. But we are all doing the best we can with what we have. And I am so excited about our guest here today. Anthony Curry, he, him, is an NYC born and raised event producer whose experience spans across 10 plus year career of crafting creative client-centric event solutions. His ethos is that events need to be transformative experiences that shift the mindset of attendees through a variety of elements that elicit the mental and emotional responses desired. Currently, Anthony is the director of events for Parsons School of Design at the New School, director of events for Moby, Mobilizing Our Brothers Initiative, director of creative engagement and innovation at Philanthropy Unbound, and freelances with other or various organizations here in NYC focused on making the world a better place. Anthony, welcome. Hey, Dubs. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to have you here. We So we met in 2011 at my first ever job in New York City at Haymarket Media. So I've known you a long time. Very long time. I think, you know, that was, I can't even remember, where was the office? I think it was on 26th Street, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah, between 6th and 7th. Yeah, that was a minute ago. Mm-hmm. The world was a different place. People could go outside. <laughs> I know. Uh, it was a different place. I went by a different name, had a different yeah. look. Um, so many things have changed. And so we, so we did lose touch, but now we're back in touch. And I'm so happy yeah. about that. Same here. Same here. Yeah, it's great. And I, and I love everything that you're doing here. You know, this is an awesome platform, you know, from the improv, from this podcast. It's just such a blessing to have this in, in total. So yeah, thank you. Kudos to you and the team. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much to me. Um, so before I, before, how, any, before anything, how are you doing? How are you? Good. It's been, I mean, I'm going to say good because I'm awake. I'm here, I'm living, I'm breathing, and I have to be thankful for that. Um, I know it's cliche, but it's important. So, you know, I the, the universe is working its way, and I just appreciate the fact that I get the opportunity to have moments like this, but also just try to change the world in my own ways and shapes and forms. Um, so I'm grateful for that. You know, uh, I think that, you know, other than that, I would say, the world's shit though. <laughs> right yeah. now, the world is just definitely, um, it's challenging in so many aspects, you know, and politically, um, social justice wise, it just runs the gamut. It's just, you know, a complete mess, but I still have hope and I have optimism, you know, understanding that we, we uh, the tide is going to turn eventually. I'm crossing fingers. Yeah, me too. Um, I just, I was taking notes and I'm one of, you said, I still have hope and optimism. And I wrote, 
in big letters. How? Is <laughs> <laughs> with right? a lot of tequila and whiskey. And <laughs> that, that's yeah. when the hope comes up. <laughs> you know, I stopped drinking in June. And so I've had to find other avenues of hope. Um, but yeah, so, um, but we can definitely talk more about that, um, in a minute, but, um, so before I invite you to share a coming out story, um, before I, before I forget, you have like 17 jobs, it sounds like, and you have alliteration that I loved reading career of crafting. This is the English major in me. This is the English major kicking out, kicking up. I never used it before. So I'm like, let me just use it in this bio to, you know, um, but right. yeah, it, it's busy. It's it's definitely busy, and I and I and it's interesting enough. Like the world of events, um, you would think that it's completely you know kaput, um, definitely you know on the on the downturn. But the virtual events is something that we used to do at Haymarket. You know that's what we used to do at that at that at that um, job. So mm-hmm. because of that skill set, I've been blessed to have that opportunity to translate that skill set to now mm-hmm. um and even back then I hated it you know I was like oh if I go to one more virtual event if I put on a one more virtual event it's going to be like the end um but now I see it as like an awesome opportunity to kind of bring people together you know from different places on the earth and also it's convenient you know it gives an opportunity for people who weren't able to come to venues to still get the great content that you know thought leaders are sharing um and it's been picking up. It's really been picking up and I've just been grateful, you know? Yeah. 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 I remember I, <laughs> I look at my like memories on Facebook and like, I have just remember just having nightmares about leads. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> lead gen, yeah. Yeah. Lead gen. And just like, I didn't know. 400 anyone... <laughs> leads in two days. It's like, what? That doesn't I... work. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh my God. Those, that was such a, First of all, Sherry was such a good first boss for New York City. Yes, love Sherry. And Sherry and Brittany, BMT. Natasha. Tina. Yeah, Natasha. Yeah, everyone was just um, such fun memories at Haymarket. And and I forgot that you did vir- virtual events. I forgot yep. that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's and who would have thought that a dec- literally a decade later, you could use that in such a way? Yep. Yep. And and that's what, and that's the thing I think, I think about um, when it comes to now, I think about the access part, you know, I think about that. It's, it's, it's not just about the bells and whistles. It's about the content, which is why I kind of love what I do because I don't focus just on just what's on the table or who's um, how checking is. It's more so like, what is the content? Like, what are they saying on stage? That's really trying to like change someone's perspective about life or about a situation um and i've seen it and it's and it's been happening even in this space yeah well we'll definitely dive into that um in a little bit but i want to now invite you to we all have multiple coming out stories and coming into ourselves stories um Mm -hmm. so i would love to hear one or two or however many you want to share of yours yeah I, i think i have so I have the coming out, but I also have the coming in, which is still happening, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. You Absolutely. Know, I, I feel like coming out and coming in is something that, you know, it's continual. It, I don't think that it just stops when you say the words, I'm gay or I'm trans or I'm bisexual or whatever it is. It's it, you, it's not just those words. It's so much more to that. So I'll kind of like talk about the story of, you know, 2008 in which 
I was saying those words to the two most important people that I felt in my life and still are, which is my parents. And it's kind of an um, interesting, funny story. So I graduated in December 2008. And I just remember my parents asking me, like, what do I, what do I want for graduation? And I didn't say anything. I kept it. I was like, I don't know. Like, you know, just give me whatever. It'll be cool. I remember after graduation, I was moving back to the Bronx, which is where I'm from, which is where I'm from. And uh, we get in the house and I was like, okay, I know what I want for graduation. I want you both to accept me because I'm gay. Mm. That's all I said. Wow. And um, my father um, looked at me and he basically said, what? And I was like, this man is going to have me say it again. Is he serious? Like, this is (laughs) like, I'm saying it once was enough. (laughs) But now repeating it, like, uh, I can't. Um, So I said it again. And we just had like a really uh, transformative moment, I think, as a family. Um, It, you know, there were ups and downs throughout the entire conversation. uh, But at the end of it, it was this acknowledgement of um, love. It was this acknowledgement of understanding that at the end of the day, this is my child. And, you know, I don't agree with this at this moment. I am not for it, but I have to understand that this is my son. Um, And from that moment, that's when I kind of like built more armor, if it made sense. Even though I said the words, I built more armor to protect them and me now with it being out there. And I think as I kept growing older and I kept stepping into myself and coming into myself, which is the other part, that's when I kind of started to break the armor down a bit, you know, because I felt that it was creating barriers between me and them and me and other people that I loved. So it's been a process. And and that's why I say it's not just the words. It's like, you know, who in your life that you're actually saying those words to or showing up as, and it's not easy. It's not easy, but I think that it's, um, when anyone gets to that point, it's, um, it's, it's transformative. And I think everyone's, every situation is different as well. But for me, I, I realized how I needed to break that armor down the older I got, because if I was to keep it on and protect everyone, including me, it was weighing everything, every, everything who I wanted to be down. And I wasn't mm-hmm. showing up. I wasn't showing up as Anthony. I wasn't showing up as someone who cared about my community in the way that I do now I wasn't showing up in someone who cared about so many things um so it's kind of like two stories in one but it's I I think back on it and I see the trajectory of like saying those words to them which then made a moment but then also like you know picked up to something that I really appreciate and you know it's still happening with them. It's still happening with a lot of, a lot of folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, yeah, it, it is this continuous process of, it's like, it's, it's like coming out to yourself and coming out to yeah. other people. And, and as we learn more about the world and how we navigate the world and it's just, it is a growing up. Isn't just like a one and done thing. It's, it Absolutely. should always be, transition however that means for you absolutely absolutely and i think and to your point it's also coming out to other gay people you mm-hmm. know even before them whether that meant 
um, a friend or someone on the street. It, it, it was still like these layers of coming out, you know, even when I said those words. Um, and I think for me specifically, it, it I had to understand, um, and I think this is one of the things that was mentioned before, I, I had to understand that I had to give myself grace through the process. I had mm-hmm. to like understand that I couldn't be so hard on myself. Um, and I had to acknowledge the fact that it is a process and it's not this TV show commercial, <laughs> say it, and then rainbow flags pop out and there's a parade. <laughs> right. So far from that. Right. Exactly. So far from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I want to dig into this idea of armor. Uh, Cause I think that that's like, that really resonates with me and I would imagine it would resonate with a lot of people. So like, Two-part question. Part one is, can you get more specific about um, what what it what that armor looked like to you? How did that uh, like show up in the way that you interacted with people, and how did that kind of how did that um, what is the word I'm looking for um, like help or hinder navigating relationships and or relationship with yourself? Uh, this is a brilliant question. Um, Thank you. It, the level of protection and armor that I had separated me from having authentic, genuine, deep connecting conversations and relationships with people. It became surface level. It became get the job done and move on. It became respond with the yes and keep it going. It wasn't anything that was fruitful or that was you know beneficial for either party for me or the person who probably really cared and really loved me and really wanted to support me I like boxed and categorized everyone to a place where it was at my detriment and again for theirs um and I and and I think that's 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 really it I I put the weight of my identity And I also felt like this was my only identity. And I came to realize that's not the case. (laughs) There's so much more to Anthony. Um, But at that time, it's like, I felt like you have to carry this. And if you don't carry this, it's like, you're going to mess up and something's going to happen. So make sure that you cross your T's, dot your I's, you know, don't say more than you have to, don't say less than you have to, and just, just go through life, just go through it. And that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. And it was horrible. (laughs) It was just not the way that anyone wants to live. Um, It's not the way that anyone wants to show up. Um, And it's, it's, it's something that I honestly sometimes check myself of doing now, you know, Mm -hmm. meeting new people and meeting new things. It's like, if there's new, new situations that may arise, I'm like, okay, hold on. What is this like? moment i call it a gremlin gremlin coming up in my spirit that is saying take a pause and you know check your armor to make sure that you're protected and i think that's why it's a continual thing it's like the more i step into myself and step into my identity in this way i have the i build the tools and i build the language essentially to break it down um and this this shit doesn't happen overnight it Mm -hmm. takes years it takes years for this coming into yourself kind of um moment to happen so 
that that's how I regulated people and I regulated myself. Uh, and in my mind, I thought that it was working. I thought that it was like this. I thought that I had this shit locked down. I was like, mm. yeah, I got it. <laughs> and no one told me nothing. I found the instructions and I'm doing everything right. I'm playing this game perfectly and I'm winning. Mm. And that's just not the case. Yeah. Yeah. So, so was there a, a moment or a, I guess, I guess, was there a moment that shifted your thinking of this isn't working for me anymore? I need to get rid of this armor. Yeah, multiple moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was kind of like a, a, a trail of moments. It was the moments of, you know, building a queer friend group, you know, uh, a moment of, you know, dating men. It was the moments of just seeing other people on TV that was like, oh, wow, that's dope. And they're not like protecting themselves to an extent. Granted, not everything you see on TV is what it is, but that kind of, that view was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest parts that was being introspective with myself and having the moments of people telling me, you know, well, just randomly, I really love you and I really care about you. And them knowing but me having this like question in my mind about like, but do you really like, you know, are you sure kind of deal? And when I started to have those conversations and I realized that it was tied to, you know, this internalized homophobia for the lack of better words, Mm -hmm. it was like, wow, you have to break that. You have to break that from a societal, and and we know, I, I feel like I know where it comes from. It comes from, you know, a societal, a cultural and a religious perspective you know, I'm a gay, black, queer man. And this is just a fight that we're still doing, you know, within our community. So it's, it, it stems from that, but I had to be very introspective about like how I, you know, want to show up and allow myself to ultimately receive love and receive authenticity and to receive grace and to receive the things that people were given to me that I was automatically shutting down because I wanted to protect everyone. Yeah. That's so real. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. There's just, there's so much, there's so much there of, of, you know, wanting to protect oneself and not wanting to get like, I'm just, I'm thinking of, of, and I, also internalized homophobia and and for me like also transphobia and like really trying to you have to get so deep (laughs) with yourself to like start breaking I have to start breaking those thought processes and thought patterns that have been there forever and are so deep Mm -hmm. um but it and it yeah it takes so much work um so now that the work is worth it I I feel like the work is like so worth it when you get the, the, the glimpses of it. And when you actually sometimes see it and it's full, it's potential. Um, yeah. And it's like, I've done both and I've seen both, you know, I, this is why I always say it's like, I'm all, like, I'm always coming out. It's like, I'm, and I'm continually coming in, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of, you know, the work that I do for my community and how I identify and I'm not like DL and, or not like not high. No, it's far from that. It's far from the words. It's far from, you know, the community that I represent and will and I and I'm a part of, it's that internal work that, you know, is continual more than anything. It's not the surface stuff. 
So yeah, yeah I agree. I hear you. Yeah. Um, so I, I had mentioned that I stopped drinking in June and for me, like I had been using alcohol as a way to, I don't know, cope and soothe and escape and all of the, all of those things. And, um, was like also like in social situations, just okay. always, if, if there was alcohol there, I had to drink it because I was so socially anxious Um, And like, will people think I'm funny? Will people like me? What, like, how am I showing up in this space? If I get drunk, mm -hmm. then I can almost like blame something else if I'm ridiculous or stupid or whatever, whatever nonsense I'm telling myself. Um, And so I've had to, you know, it's it's only been not only, but it has been nine months, which is a long time and also not a long time, but it's a long time. And but that that congratulations, though. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Um. But I've had to like relearn, relearn how yeah. to be in social settings and re and and bring an authentic. I can only bring my authentic self because I don't have a an alter ego I can bring. That's and so I'm learning so much about what it is to show up authentically and to receive authentic feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard. It's really hard. Yes. But it's worth. Like you said, it's worth it. Yes. And to that point, you you just hit the nail on the head. Where we do we do find coping mechanisms, especially in social settings, to um, I don't want to say fit in, but to just be part of our community, you know. Mm-hmm. And what I've realized is what I've realized is that like, we don't always need, um, I, I, when I use the word community, I I think I want to take a step back and say that we also stereotype the word community when we use LGBTQIA plus, you know, like there are gays that love to go to the club. There are gays that love to, you know, game. There are gays that like, we, we're, we're not just one, (laughs) avenue of people that like to do this stereotypical thing so I think that needs to be broken down mm-hmm. across the board mm-hmm. um but I do feel as if like we all do find because we're internally going through things we always find what well, we have found those moments to cope um because of the insecurities that we have within ourselves because of our identity that we've already put a stamp on but it's now like how do we show up authentically through those words and through that mindset and it's difficult, but it's, it's there, you know? And I think that what I've realized is that I had to make it my own mm-hmm. instead of making it, um, you know, what society may think or say my gayness is, I don't care about, that's great, but I have to like be the Anthony gay. I have to be the me gay. Mm-hmm. And I have to make that word, you know, important to me and identify it with the way that I feel comfortable with um, instead of trying to fit into a mold. And that's something that I'm still learning, mm-hmm. you know, something that I'm still learning, but I, but that light bulb has been beautiful to like, kind of like <laughs> get some energy into it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said I have to be the me gay <laughs> um, because you're right. There is this narrative that we're taught that, like the quote unquote right way to be the the right way to be gay is uh like a white uh like gay cis man who has a lot of money 
and everyone else is like on the margins. And so it's so important to highlight that that is one, one little way of being gay. And there are infinite other ways of being gay and queer and bi and trans and whatever it might be. And, um, and and then taking it one step further around like gender identity of bi- mm-hmm. like thinking in a binary way like Absolutely. that is what kept me down for so long as I didn't even realize there were choices outside the binary and like options I mean and um so it's it is it's crucial to do this work of coming into ourselves because we are each this unique human who's moving through the world and has needs and wants and desires and interests and loves and it's not going to map perfectly onto this, you know, community stereotype in quotes that I'm doing that no one can see but you. <laughs> <laughs> I like I see you and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I 100,000% agree with you. And I, and I also feel as if like it's also, you know, limiting our perspective of gayness, you know, mm-hmm. being gay in South Africa to being gay in Russia to being gay in Madagascar like it's it's just so it's just different and I think that we instead of instead of embracing the difference I think that we sometimes shape a mold mm-hmm. of what yep. this is and that's what needs to be broke you know it's not to say that you know that's wrong but it's not a one directional thing let's acknowledge and appreciate the abundance of what you know our communities offer and, you know, it, it, it sucks. It, it, it completely just sucks. But, you know, that's, that's why we, I think that's why both of us kind of do the work that we do, you know, specifically mm-hmm. for me with Moby, you know, it's focused on Black, gay, queer, holistic wellness. Mm. And it's all social connectivity events that are so amazing. And it, the, the goal of this entire organization is to bring this community together in spaces that are different, that are interesting, that are fun but it anchors itself on wellness. And instead of wellness being this HIV, STI narrative, wellness runs the gamut of, you know, financial literacy, boot camp, fitness classes, like so many different things. So it's kind of like, to my point, trying to get rid of the narrative (laughs) when it comes to wellness within our community. Um, And, you know, like you with this podcast. So yeah, we're, 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 we're trying to create legacies that I think are going to be great. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I think um, we'll definitely want to talk about Moby. Um, I've made a note, but um, I want to still dig in more to what you're saying about um, how it's, you know, it's the, like a culmination of coming into yourself is this, you said a a trail of moments, which is such a nice visual um, and also giving yourself grace through the process. And when I, so I'm going to like put that in this bucket over here and I'm going to bring back, I'm going to call something back from yes. like the skills that you learned from your virtual work at Haymarket, you're now applying to your work now that whoever thought that that would translate into that way. And I wonder if there are moments of just coming into yourself where things that you've experienced in the past, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, certain moments of life that you either wish you would have reacted in a different way or what have you, um, that you've had to remind yourself to give yourself grace has, how has that kind of, um, how does that show up in the work that you're doing now, um, to continuously come into yourself and break down your armor? 
Yeah. Does, does that make sense? I feel like that was kind of like let convoluted, me, but <laughs> no, no, no. Let me say, let me see if my answer, I think, I think I got it, but I think my, well, my answer is it was always this fear of saying the words. It was also, it was it, in previous years and previous years, like this is, uh, <laughs> like this is an episode on Netflix in the previous episode. <laughs> right. Um, and, and years ago it was um, the other person that I told, unless it, this was Haymarket. So this was Haymarket. The first person that I told outside of my parents was, I don't know if you remember her, but it was Pilar. Yeah, so Pilar I Pilar was the director of events then. And we were at a, the Black Door, I think, whatever the, the whatever the place is across the street. I forgot the mm. name of the bar. Mm-hmm. We were there and we were in the back. And I guess using this coping mechanism, we were drinking, having a good time. And then she said something to me. Um, and then I was like, no, but I'm gay. But the look on my face was like petrifying. Like I was, I just like wanted to shrivel up and she grabbed my arm and she was like, no, 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 no. It's okay. Like, you're fine. Like you're, you're, you're good. And then I like literally almost broke down. Mm. I was just like, wow, this is another human that I'm actually saying these words to but it was built up in fear. It was built up in like this mindset of don't let this armor go. Mm -hmm. And what I've realized is with the words and with like, cause words do have power again, you know, Mm -hmm. going back to the fact that it is not all, it's it's not all of coming out. The words is one part of it, but it's still just as strong and just as powerful. Um, That I realized that that's what I had to do to, remove some of this I had to say it I had to you know um and it may not may not be always saying it but at least like just just know that this is who I am you know um and embrace it like significantly embrace it so what I've realized is that fear shouldn't be able to should not have the capacity to run uh, my life anymore. It shouldn't have that opportunity to step foot in what I knew introspectively was not right. And I think that at that time is what plays into now. With mm-hmm. is it's this it's this kind of like um, jumping off the skinny branch kind of mindset. You know, like just take flight. Like you're not going to fall. You may go low sometimes, but you're not going to hit the ground. You're going to be okay. You're going to pick back up. So it's that fear that I've embraced and I've um, really honored. Yeah. Did that answer it? That was the, that was exactly the question. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, as I was asking it, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, no, that's exactly that's exactly it. And, and, um, two things about fear. I mean, I think that's such a, um, a universal feeling around, especially around coming out of not knowing how the person is going to react. And so that fear is built up and it's, and I was like, just you describing that, that, that backroom moment, um, Cause you know, you, this is a person you work with and like, it could have gone a million different ways. And like that relief of it's okay. Yeah. is so is just such a, I was just, was really feeling it really, really with you. And um, it's scary, but also 
that fear. And, and I love that you're saying you're embracing it and honoring it. And I've, I've been working really hard to do that too, because, and, and as cliche as it is, you know, everything that is worth anything is on the other side of fear and anything that I, and I really have start also started learning and internalizing the things that I'm the most scared of usually are the ones that are the most affirming and the most um, rewarding. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I hear you. I, that totally resonates. And I, I, I do, but this is how, and, and this is like, what's really messed up about this world though, is the fact that like saying that in certain States and in certain communities mm-hmm. will cost you your job and it's fucking ridiculous, you know, and across the world, not even just here. So it's, it's this thing of, yeah, this is a golden nugget, but it's like a boulder of like just shit that mm. our communities still have to fight for. And, you know, like I said, we, we're, we're doing it. Um, so it's like for anyone out there listening, I, it's like it, this, this, this is not a <laughs> kind of glamorized thing of what the world is today because it's not and it's far from it. Yeah. Um, and I just want to personally acknowledge that. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing that in. Um, because yes, it's some, in some situations, in some scenario, states, countries, um, it's not safe to disclose parts of your identity, um, for fear of losing job or worse. Um, and so it is all of, all of which, all that we are saying comes with, I believe if I'll speak for myself and if you want to sign off, (laughs) great, uh, comes with the caveat of, and put your safety first. Absolutely. Like that is the first and foremost, always, 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 if it's not safe, double think it. Um, there are many, many moments when I am, um, out and I think twice before, like for, especially when it was traveling for work, if like an, a Lyft driver or someone would ask me what I'm in town for, I would like, I have to survey my, surroundings like is this safe for me to disclose that I'm an LGBTQ educator is Mm -hmm. it safe for me to disclose certain parts of my identity because I don't know what this uh, what other what this person's life has you know meaning what their views are on on other identities um and so thank you for naming that explicitly because it's it is not a glamorized thing it's a a lot of work and a lot of negotiating safety in any given moment absolutely yeah yeah. Um, so, um, you, uh, I want to talk about, um, this idea of, um, every, so you, you had sent this to me and I'm trying to think of like, uh, like, like a, an interview way to ask it, but I, I'm just like stumbling. So I'm just going to say what you said, <laughs> cause it's, I really want to talk about it, which is sure. everyone's, everyone's experience of coming out is so different and the pressure within the community um, and definitely from outside, uh, from sources outside, it's sometimes harmful with good intentions, good yeah. being in quotes. Yes. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So please, I want to, let's dig into that. So I, and this is something that, again, I'm growing into and I'm understanding more and more, but I understood it from the other side. Um, before this conversation in 2008, everyone was telling me, don't say anything. Mm. Everyone said, do not say a word. You graduated, wait till you get a job, you move out, 
you won't have to worry about them, except like just like the narrative of do it the quote unquote right way. And there's never going to be like everyone's situation is their situation, you know, and to put a right way on it, I think just was did not make sense. Mm-hmm. And this is no, you know, um, this wasn't shade or this wasn't like, you know, uh, an attack on any of these individuals in any way, shape or form. No, it was coming from this intention of goodness. It was coming from this intent in this space of, no, we're here to support. We're here to help you. Well, what I've realized, you know, over time is there needs to be an opportunity or there should be an opportunity where we ask people who we know identify with our communities, but do not had not disclosed anything, ask them a simple question of how can I support you? Yeah. Give them the option to say, this is how I want to be supported through this. They may say, yes, push me. Mm-hmm. They may say, no, I'm not I, like, you have to understand where people are coming from uniquely to, instead of taking the the mindset of what we think is right and what we may think is okay because of our kind of coming out moments, which also may be coming from a place of trauma because yeah. we haven't done that internal introspective work within ourselves, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is not helpful. It's harmful. And then we miss the opportunity to really, I feel, embrace someone in our community um, and it's not the right way. It's just in a way that's a little bit more, you know, spacious. It's in it's in it's in a way that's a little bit more connected, and not forced or completely, you know, far removed. And I feel like that's where you know I you know would want to do for anyone who is you know older or young, older or younger than me because it, coming out is not an age thing. It, like mm-hmm. one. <laughs> It's it is not it's not like a fifteen year old or a seven year old thing. It's all it's it's all ages. So I think that is for me. I really felt that this is really important for someone to ask. Okay, well, you know, you've disclosed this to me, and I know that. But how can I support you through what you're going through, knowing my history of it, and let's go from there. Let's take the journey together instead of you need to tell so-and-so or mm-hmm. that's your business. I'm going to let you write it out. And, you know, I may or may not be here when you fall. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I meant. Yeah. I'm so glad you're bringing you, you brought that into the, this conversation. It's so, I don't, I don't, we don't talk about this enough about this idea of, um, well, a trauma responses and two, mm-hmm. um, the best way to show up for the people in our communities. Um, I think you really are just, how can I support you is the best question to ask. And I can't think of a better one. I really can't. And there have been, you know, it's similar to what you're saying about your experiences of like, you should do this and you should do that. Where it's like, again, just to reiterate, because you already said this, but like, it is coming from a place of good intention. It is coming mm-hmm. from a place of, I want to help you. I want to use my experiences to, you know, maybe minimize the harm that you might experience, you know, because I experienced it this way. So you're going to experience it this way. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much good intention. But something that I love to talk about is intent versus impact. Yes. And actually the impact yes. is what matters. Absolutely. The impact is what matters. And there have been so many times where, you know, I've, as I've been navigating gender identity and language, 
where I would share something and a friend, instead of saying, how can I support you? Or that sounds great. Like, tell me more about like Uh that thought was you shouldn't do that because that's confusing or, you know, and so it took me a lot of years of practice and therapy to understand that I get to make those decisions. Absolutely. And so I'm so happy you brought that in. And we, we, I I I feel like we rob people of the choice. We rob them of the choice. And, you know, there's just so much power in that. So much power in that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, And I love you, you, you describe it in this way of a missed opportunity to help someone. And I think that is so true. And it's, and then again, just naming for everyone listening, it's not intentional, (laughs) but it's the impact of, like you're saying, robbing people of choices, robbing people of experiencing certain parts of moving through life. Um, and, oh, what was the other, um, it was so important. Um, just like this, in this, in this problem solving mode. Yes. And sometimes that's not helpful. Sometimes I think about, I used to do this all the time and I wonder, I should ask my friend Dolce this. She kept like nudging me to watch the Brene Brown video on empathy Uh and how sometimes it's just like being in the hole together and like not, not giving your own experience. It's just, I see you, I hear you and I'm with you. Yeah. Um, Cause I, there have been moments in more majority of my life where I would be like, but me, but it wasn't because I wanted to steal the spotlight. It was because I was trying to share. I've also felt this way, but that's not always, which, I mean, I do this in, in the podcast, but sometimes it's just, I'm here to hold space for you. Oh, yeah, and we don't, we don't get that a lot. I totally hear that. I, I, I think it's, I, we need like a part two, three, four, five, ten to this. Cause <laughs> yeah, this I, so know. <laughs> I know. I know. Like now my brain time. is thinking, I'm like, I have so much more to say. No, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I, I totally hear you on that. Um, and I think it's just, um, I think it's, it's, it's grateful when, you can allow someone to verbalize, you know, what they actually need from you instead of you projecting what you think they need um, based off of a situation that you're not really a part of. You're not a part of it. And how can you be an ally to their growth instead of trying to be a character in their story? Wow. Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> um, how can you be an ally to their growth instead of a character to their story? Mm, that's so good. That's so deep. I love that so much. Um, I think the other piece of, of this conversation, I think there's also a safety piece of mm-hmm. if we are assuming what's good for other people, we don't know other people's situations. And so I'm just like thinking about um, like if I disclose my something to you mm-hmm. and you think, you know, it's best for me. And then you tell other people or you ask, you know, then that's, that's breaking my consent and my trust of, I told you. And so leaving it open-ended of how can I support you? Who else knows? Or, you know, those questions are so important. And yeah, I think just like that safety piece, I think is also, 
Um, Absolutely, we rob people. I think when 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 that's done, we we literally rob, you know, a huge part of them. And you know, it's it's it it ultimately like creates harm within the community. I feel as I mentioned before, it doesn't create sustenance. Um, you know, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I want to sh- I want to shift gears and and I yep. and absolutely come back for another episode. <laughs> we could ab- we could have a million parts. Um, so you you started talking about Moby, yeah. um, and so 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 say more about what how did you get connected with Moby and what kind of spe- like other other kinds of initiatives do they have? Yeah, so um, Moby is in our fourth year. I mean, anytime that I talk about it, I get really excited because um, it's 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 really an opportunity for you know the gay black queer community to have something planned for and by the gay black queer community, you know. Um, and it's just, I mean, we have basically two tracks. Um, two tracks. So the first track really focuses on a lot of thought leadership development. It focuses a lot on how do we have conversations um, uh, with individuals in our community that, you know, we uh, see as people of influence and we say, you know, tell us more about, you know, your platform and your success and your grace and your mind because it's so beautiful and it's so dope. Um, and then we have another part that's focused on, you know, like uh, community-based events and wellness events that range from uh, fitness classes, they range from financial literacy classes, they range from so many different ways of breaking down the stereotype again of what wellness means, mm-hmm. because we don't have that conversation when we talk about, um, while we're only talking about sexual wellness. Um, and then the third part is really focused on how do we celebrate and highlight the culture of our community, mm. uh, which is massive? You know, it's from uh, the ballroom culture to uh, hip hop, R&B, dance, film, art. I mean, just name all of it. Name all of it. It's there and it's and it's growing and it, and it will always be there. So we kind of just really highlight and maximize the opportunities for our community. Um with tying it back to this thought process of we have to be well and well runs the gamut, you know, even from dressing, you know, I think when people put on something that they really like, (laughs) they feel good. And that's part of wellness. Uh, So it's bringing down the stigma of wellness in our community with highlighting the great work that our community is actually doing. Uh, So this year we're, well, last year was a hot ass mess for everyone, but we were, um, in June, we do our Moby Fest, which is essentially like the um, uh, arts, music, film showcase. We did it all virtual last year. We're doing it virtual again this year, which is so exciting since we have like so much more time <laughs> to plan and get it even more bigger and better than last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also have our um, digital series, which we launched last year, three episodes. We're doing a fourth one. So it's just exciting. It's really dope to, again, be a part of this group. Um, this started three, four years ago in like a boardroom of a pitch to some folks and we got the amazing grant and everything is just rising. And I want to name people who is definitely like the the core of all the excellence. And that's Deshaun Usher, 
Laquan Dawson, Dwayne Williams, Julian. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, and we just like, it's such a, just, I mean, the team is dope. The team is dope. Let me see if, did I forget anyone? I know it's six of us. No, I don't. I think, I think that's all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the one? No, person? I forgot my Kenny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny's going to be the one who'd be like, really? Did you really figure, as I'm going to like try to post this to the movie? Yeah, no. <laughs> Kenny. Kenny's our amazing PR um, uh, director. So yeah. Amazing. Um, so you're, it sounds like you're, you are a founding member. I mean, that's a lot of weight, but I mean, I, I'm just proud to be here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, I was that's in fair. the room with the first pitch, but yes, I, this is, yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's, there's nothing like, uh, well, first of all, Moby sounds like an incredible um, is organization. Is that how yeah. you would describe yeah. it? Okay. Um, and definitely we'll link to it when I post this Thank episode. Um, is there a physical space or is it all, I mean, like maybe in the before times, was there a physical space? No, so not a physical space. We did everything, you know, over workspaces and emails and homes. So mm-hmm. um, the, the grant and everything is... Um, just something that again it's it's coming from uh, the New York Blood Center Department of Health and we just really appreciate all the funding for allowing us to kind of like have the space and do what we want with Mm -hmm. this yeah Uh, that's the most important part so yeah but I wish we had we're gonna build the building soon we're all we can have host all of our events that sounds amazing (laughs) that would be amazing right that's this is such a cool cool organization so what um so I so you so you were you work at Moby and you were also um director of creative engagement and innovation at philanthropy unbound yeah um so what's what's philanthropy unbound philanthropy unbound is okay so um uh, amazing woman by the name of renee someone that i used to work with at the clinton global initiative um she was the director of girls and women met her there i mean hands down rock star of philanthropy um, basically brought me in to really support a lot of their events. And we've had a ton of fun and a ton of, you know, opportunities to really kind of like shift the world through philanthropy. Um, and a lot of the projects that I work on is focused on Black I, black philanthropy. Uh, so we did like a great event, you know, four events in um, August, which is Black Philanthropy Month. Um, done a lot of great projects with uh, currently the United Negro College Fund, the United Nations Foundation, um, just so many great organizations that are really trying to change the world, <laughs> essentially. And once she, you know, tapped me on my shoulder, I was like, yeah, I, this is going to be great. This is the work that needs to be done in so many ways. Um, so yeah, shout out to Renee. That's amazing. So so you're doing the work with Philanthropy Unbound and Moby and plus your work at the new school. Yeah. Um, so, so you had, you had said earlier, like you're doing work, you're basically, you're doing work to change the world. And what, what is it? How do I ask this? Why? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so simple. No, Why? this is great. This <laughs> is great. I think people underestimate the power of events. I think they underestimate the opportunity to bring five to 5,000 people in a space 
to really shift someone's mindset for the greater good of humanity. That sounds so commercial, so cliche, but it's possible. And what I've realized is that when you have the right intentions of going into an event, and when you set it up in a way where you know for a fact that you want to change, and let's just start at a wedding. I, if, it's, if it's a wedding, I want the person that never believed in love to go to a wedding and walk out to be like, oh, I need this in my life. Mm-hmm. I want someone to go to a conference and think that it's just going to be a regular moment where they're going to hear some, you know, person get on the stage to talk about numbers, but actually walk out of there saying, guess what? I'm going to own my own business next week. It's like, how do you create like transformation by getting like-minded people together in a room whose goal is to do something bigger and better than themselves. Mm. And that's why I love the work that I do. Like hands down, like hands down, I really love it because in throwing the fact that I'm doing with the communities that I identify with and support. Mm. And I'm like, it's, I mean, it's like the biggest, it's just like, I don't have any more words. <laughs> As you can tell. <laughs> it, it, it really lights me up because it's, um, I think it's when when certain people think about events, they think about it from the commercial stereotypical design aesthetic, which is just as important. And it's necessary to like really capture someone's visual and smell and feel and touch. That's all important. Um, But it's that relates to the content that relates to what's coming out of someone's mouth when they hit that mic. And if that's missing and if that's not done, and if I feel as if I could, I produced event and out of, you know, a hundred people and 10 people have, have a new mindset about something, I won. Because those 10 people are going to tell another 10 people to change their mind about how great the world is and how the universe is working in their favor. So that's kind of how I think about it. Changing one person at a time. Mm. I love that so, so, so much bringing people into a space to shift someone's mindset for the greater good of humanity. That's, that's amazing. And that, that just like so beautifully aligns with also not, not to make it about me, but like, (laughs) but like that aligns with what I do of like, of educating people and um, creating a a learning environment where people can ask questions and where Mm -hmm. they can make mistakes because they're trying, which is better than so many people who don't even want to try when it comes to identity, you know, learning about identity in all kinds of ways. Um, And that's what I, that's why I do this podcast. That's why I have the the improv show of bringing people into a room and changing hearts and minds of Mm -hmm. where, how can I connect and plug into your story or your experience or your feeling? Mm -hmm. I felt that way too. Even if the exact identity doesn't line up or the exact experience doesn't line up. I have felt that before. I have felt that fear in the back room of telling someone I'm gay and not knowing what they're going to say. Yeah. And then I've also felt that relief of them being like, that's it. It's fine. It's okay. I love you. Yeah. And so it's, but it's, it's, it's harnessing that connection, which Mm -hmm. it's life-changing. It's amazing. And so I love that that's, that's, that's like your mission statement of the work that you do. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's also even like the mission statement of, I feel like 
just the the core group of friends you know that I have it's like you know outside I I, outside outside of an event it's like it's more so like when we do talk or we're in a group it's like we have the same narratives and same goals of like just how do we do better and be better and that support you know is just magnificent so yeah we need like part nine through (laughs) this is great I know it's so good um so if you had advice for your younger self, what would you, what advice would you give him? I would give him, I would, I would tell him to receive love. Mm. I would say receive love because not everyone is fighting against you and not everyone fulfills this narrative of you needing to have this armor on you don't need to be protected like there are people that love you so just receive it as much as you can with caution and and understanding but don't just create these boxes and barriers um receive love give yourself grace as much as possible and know that it's like a it, it like accept the fact and embrace the fact that it's it's a, it's 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 a marathon it's not a sprint like that's what makes life that's what makes life beautiful so mm-hmm. that's kind of what i would tell them i love that receive love that's it's so hard it's a hard thing tell me about it <laughs> i know i know and it's you know especially going back to you know talking about internalized transphobia and homophobia there's a lot of there's a lot of the, am I worthy of this? And is this real? Or is it going to disappear if I share a certain part of me? Um, so that reminder of just accept it and receive it is so crucial. So crucial. I mean, I'm like, I'm, I, and I mean, my friends will tell you this and people that I know will tell you this. I still sometimes clench when like someone gives a compliment or say, Hey, no, you did a good job. I'm like, eh. but I know now I know like where that comes from. I know what it is. And I, and I have, again, that language and I'm using the tools as much as I can to receive it and just say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Just say, thank you. And it's been a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is absolutely a work in progress. Um, so yeah, so we're going to have parts two through a hundred coming up but i do have to move us into our last segment which is the lightning round of questions yep um which are all mostly open-ended because they were too binary in the first two seasons (laughs) so (laughs) these are um but still just answer they're all just for fun and so answer as fast as you can um so if you could name your own crayon what would you name it um oh uh bronx Nice. Favorite time of day? Uh, afternoon. Yeah. It's weird, but it's, I don't know why <laughs> it's the truth. Like some of you said morning and night, but I don't know. I like the afternoon. That's great. Um, the afternoon's great. Um, favorite current queer media representation? I had to think about this. And I, I would say um, anyone who was black and queer like all all the black gay queer lesbian trans individuals who are really like in the limelight right now like that i yeah they're all yeah 
Yeah. Amazing. Um, a song that makes your heart sore. And I know you said you have, you have a coming out song. So tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, um, this was India Irie mm. uh, and his strength, courage and wisdom. Oh, uh, that is such a good song. So depending on like when I hear it, you'll either see me break down and cry from joy or like just like dance because of joy. it's all because of joy. But that song is like it hits so deep because mm. that's like the song I was playing in my head before I wanted to say anything in 2008. Mm, absolutely. Um, India Ree has some of her songs are like are are also like um milestone songs yes of like that was definitely like a coming out coming into myself song and a beautiful day is just like don't get me started (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have a podcast just on india re songs and break it down and like the lgbtqia like milestone It's, it's just it was I mean, I just love it. I just love it. And, and interesting thing enough is my aunt is a lesbian and she was the one to introduce me to India Ari. Mm. But because at that time I still had even a protection and a barrier against her. It's like, I recently told her like a couple of years ago, I was like, do you not know? Like you were like impactful mm. with like just introducing me to that song and that album. So yeah. A kind oh. of interesting circle yeah you listen even with people within our own community it's i had a my sister's best friend was uh is a gay man mm-hmm. and i still never i didn't even tell him because i was like i don't know what he used to like say jokes about lesbians and i was like well i don't know if this is a safe person actually yeah so yeah. it's very those it's very real to not even as people part of our own communities to not share with them um but india okay now i'm gonna listen to india re when we <laughs> when we hang up <laughs> um favorite way to travel um i'm going to say i mean by like by motion i'm gonna say plane but yeah i guess plane great yeah uh favorite quote um the mind is everything what you think is what you become Mm, i love that and bagels or donuts oh bagels (laughs) okay good (laughs) i mean that was quick that's a perfect oh bagels yeah (laughs) listen some people say donuts and that conversation ends very quickly (laughs) 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 just kidding (laughs) um Anthony, this was so, so lovely. Thank you so much for, for sharing and for bringing your wisdom and light and your goodness. Thank you. Thank you for having me from the top and bottom of my heart. This was great. And I just, yeah, just so, so glad and proud of you. Hands down. Thank you. And you too. And thank you for coming out. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for coming out. Hey everyone, it's your host, Dubs Weinblatt. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps. And we want to hear from you. We want to know your coming out story. Head on over to Thank You For Coming Out's Instagram page 
at Thank You For Coming Out and click the link in our bio. There's a form there where you can submit your coming out story, either anonymously or with your name. And you can have the chance to hear your story read out on the Thank You For Coming Out podcast. We're so happy that you're part of our community and we want you to know that your story matters. Thank you for coming out.